Hello, welcome to Earthmakers, Sacred Stories and Queer Spaces. My name is Joey Bear. My pronouns are she, her. I am the grateful creator and host of this podcast. Take a deep breath. Settle in. This story is for you. You may have noticed some extra noises. This is the first podcast episode, uh, officially, that I have recorded outside. It's just such a beautiful morning here in St. Paul. All or no, where am I? Uh, hmm. Bloomington. That's right. <laughs> I'm in Bloomington, Minnesota, and it's just such a beautiful morning here. So um, I wanted to be outside in the sunshine and and record. So enjoy all of the little noises. <clears throat> we've got birds. We've got cars. We've got construction. Um, we've got people saying shit. Um, <laughs> so, you know, just, you know, life, earth, spaces. Today's story is about um, a person who is uh, very special to me and a, a person who's um, f- fairly new to my life. Oh, there goes the construction. My goodness. Okay, let's see if uh, ADHD Joey Bear can make her way through this episode. <laughs> Last episode, titled Dakota, I talked about a coffee shop in St. Paul, Minnesota, called the J.S. Bean Factory, uh, in indigenous-owned Um and um, a sanctuary space for me, a, a sacred space for me. Um, I feel like I belong to a family when I'm there, and all of the regulars get to know each other, develop bonds. It's pretty cool. One day I was meeting there with my friend Maeve, um, who will have her own episode one day. Maeve is uh, a delightful human being, and we were having coffee and uh, chatting, and um, Maeve happens to be Dakota's partner, so Dakota was visiting with us as well. And there was another person present that day, a uh, short blonde human uh, named B, as in the, the, the bug, B-E-E. And I found B so delightful and decided I, I wanted to uh, grab coffee with B. So I just, just meeting B, I said, hey, do you want to get coffee sometime? And we did. And we've had coffee several times uh, since then and have become good friends. And B is one of those uh, people that when they show up, it just lights up the room. It's just a, a delight to have be around. 
B has a, a good heart, a wonderful laugh and sense of humor, a great smile, um, an incredible um, uh, intellect and awareness of human uh, um, behavior. She pays attention. B uses uh, she, they pronouns, so I may uh, pardon the truck. There we go. I, 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 I may vacillate between the two as I'm telling the story today. B seems to be everywhere, but not necessarily everywhere to be found. And so, uh, every it's it's been quite often that I would go to the the bean factory and and B would appear as if by magic. And I think about all of the characters in storybooks um, who are these sort of magical fairy-like characters who just appear places um, when, when they are needed and often appear when the characters don't realize that they're needed. Um, the fairy character in, in uh, 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 Marjorie Wise Brown's children's book, The Velveteen Rabbit, is uh, uh, the nursery fairy, the, the blue fairy. And <clears throat> she shows up uh, by a, a dumpster where the rabbit, the stuffed rabbit, has been thrown away and is beginning to cry real tears. And the tears water the earth. And from the earth comes this flower. And within the flower lives the nursery magic fairy, the blue fairy. And she is the one who gives the rabbit the gift of real life. The nursery, the nursery fairy character, the fairy character, magic uh, character in Star Wars Episode Four: A New Hope is Obi-Wan Kenobi. Shows up in the middle of the desert at a time when it felt the most hopeless and frustrating. <coughs> Excuse me. B has a, a way of showing up. Gandalf the Grey, the, the wizard character in... Uh, Tolkien's Middle Earth stories uh, shows up at the the Shire at the door of Bilbo Baggins and then at the door of Frodo Baggins in The Hobbit and in The Lord of the Rings. Unexpected is the word Tolkien uses. Unexpected. And although what Gandalf and Obi-Wan and the nursery magic fairy ask of the characters is something scary and dangerous. They know that the journey, the adventure ahead is the thing that is needed for true connection, for true healing, 
for the giving of real life. <clears throat> B has a way about them. They show up unexpectedly, and yet they keep showing up. And so y you would think at this point that it would just be expected. One day I stopped by the bean factory, um, which most of my stories could start that way. I think I'm there so often. And B happened to be there. And they said to me, Joey, I knew you were going to be here. I just knew it. And I felt like I could say the same about B. I just knew that they were going to be there. B has offered me some wonderful thoughts. And whether they know it or not, their presence, their thoughts, their sense of humor, their insight has helped me stay grounded, has helped me look into my own heart with curiosity, has created space for me to grow. So what does that make B? Of course, an earth maker. B is an earth maker although they may not assume that about themselves. There are some people that when you spend time with them, it's just delightful. Even if something about their presence may challenge you, like Gandalf or Obi-Wan. <clears throat> There's something still delightful and good good, thoroughly good, basically good, foundationally good about them, about their presence. Take a moment and think, dear listeners, about all of the people that you know that do this for you. People, animals, beings that do this for you. Places that do this for you. My old cat, Rabbi, did this for me. I haven't seen him in a long time, but he did this for me. Going to the North Shore in Minnesota, Duluth and Grand Marais does this for me. A sunshiny morning with birds chirping and people carrying about their day on a simple Wednesday does this for me. There's currently an albino squirrel with red eyes hopping along the fence posts across the yard. And I'm captivated. Could be the ADHD. <laughs> I could also just be E. The fairy. The presence of the magical one. Like B. Oh, you're here. Of course you're here. You're always here. In the ancient 
common Greek called Koine Greek, there's a word, and the word is paraclete. Paraclete. It's a fun word to say. I love this word. It's one of my favorites. And it simply means helper or the one who helps or advocate. And the paraclete is uh, characterized by the early Christians in the New Testament as being the Holy Spirit. Now, what is the Holy Spirit? The Holy Spirit is, according to Christians, the personal presence of the divine, of the Abrahamic God in the world. And it's interesting, the, the word spirit comes from the Greek word uh, pneuma. The word pneuma, of course, we get the word pneumatology, we get the word pneumonia from pneuma. Pneuma means breath. It means spirit with a lowercase s, spirit with an uppercase s, and it means wind, and it means air. It means all of those things. And Sarah Rudin, the great Greek scholar, uh, interprets the word pneuma to mean life breath. So wherever the word pneuma shows up in the Christian scriptures, they're referring to this Holy Spirit, this personal presence of God in the world, which comes from the Hebrew word ruach, which means the same. Ruach is what God breathes into the lump of mud that God has formed in God's hands in the Genesis creation accounts in Torah. And when God breathes God's ruach, God's spirit, God's breath into the lump of mud, it is animated and it becomes Adama, which is where we eventually in English get the word Adam or the name Adam, which frankly isn't a very good a translation or transliteration, frankly, of the original language. However, what happens there is that the, the pneuma, the ruach, is breathed into this lifeless lump of mud and it is given life. It is animated by the breath of the divine. And so then the breath in our lungs, according to Abrahamic tradition, is the divine itself. And St. Paul, the apostle, who writes the majority of the Christian scriptures in the New Testament in Greek, says that this pneuma, this ruach, this Holy Spirit is the paraclete, is the helper, is the advocate. And this helper, this advocate, just keeps showing up. My grandfather, may he rest in peace, despite our differences, used to refer to the Spirit of God 
as one who is closer than your very breath, always with you. There are times where we slow down, dear listeners, to consciously breathe, to mindfully breathe, to meditate. But aside from that, our lungs do the work for us all day. Our lungs are organs that breathe for us. So we're always just breathing. And in that way, without even thinking about it, our breath is always present, isn't it? And when we stop to consciously take a deep breath or sigh, like I ask us to do at the beginning of every podcast, take a deep breath and settle in. Right? My friend B is just like that. B keeps showing up. Whether they know it or not, and if B, you're listening to this episode, I imagine that there's part of you that might think that this sounds a little silly. (laughs) Who could think that about me? Well, I think that about you, B. I think that about you. In my life, there are people that I hold very close. They are my dear ones. They, they reside within my inner circle. And I call them my cherubs. And B has easily and quickly become one of my cherubs. Our relationship tends to be fairly spontaneous. They show up and we have coffee. We run into each other and we have coffee. We both frequent the bean factory, so we tend to run into each other a lot. B, for me, is the embodiment of the life breath, the advocate, the helper. B is the embodiment of paraclete. So ask yourself today, who is the embodiment of paraclete for me? Who is always present? Who is everywhere but not necessarily everywhere to be found? Who is reliable? Who is helpful? Who is advocating for you? when it feels like no one else could possibly be. And for B, this advocacy, this help, is effortless. They don't show up and say, okay, here's what I'm going to do. Here's the plan. Here's how how I'm going to help you, Joey. No, B just has to show up. As the great retired ELCA Lutheran pastor and New York Times bestselling author and spiritual teacher and podcaster, Reverend Nadia Boltz-Weber says, we often pray to God looking for answers, but instead what we get is God's presence. Now, I'm not a Christian. I don't necessarily prescribe to the Abrahamic spiritual traditions anymore, although I still love them. But there is something very true about this 
We believe we are owed answers in this life often. And so the paraclete isn't necessarily there to help give us answers, to give us 100% clarity that leads to certainty. When I am putting out a bid for certainty into the universe, what I am doing functionally is gripping to fear. And people like B remind me that there's no need to cling to fear. There's no need to cling to answers. We can't ever be certain, but we will have help. And that, that is enough. <laughs>